everybody, and welcome to another episode of 40-ish. Uh, once again, my name is Jason, and we are sitting here at our 15th episode. I'm pretty sure I would have bailed on this a long time ago, but uh, we're having too much That's fun. That's why it's now. awkward, because it's 15. <laughs> it's kind of like inviting that person to a party, and the, you didn't really want them to come, but they showed, but they brought good snacks, so you let them in anyway. That's right. the way it's going to roll. So... Uh, tonight's episode is going to be focused around that sacred of all sacred type things, experience in marching band. And we are joined per normal with uh, Mr. John Moody. Hey, hey. Who's Fat Albert tonight, apparently. And uh, Lance. Yeah, be more. <laughs> Greetings from North Carolina. Greetings. Uh, Mr. Andrew Tucker could not join us tonight, but fear not. We have a special guest. We got a ringer. We got a ringer. Joining us from the uh, southeast-ish place in Michigan. If you drove from Lansing to Detroit, you may have stopped here to go to the bathroom. A friend from high school, Mr. Uh, Josh Holmberg. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Many gray-haired greetings to everybody. (laughs) I brought pizza rolls. Nice. Pizza rolls are okay. You can stay. Um, Excellent. Wait, wait, wait till you see Tucker. Come on. We all lose the gray hair to that guy. Um, oh, yeah. No words. I figured, you know, if it's 40-ish and oh, yeah. middle-aged, we probably all are bringing a little of that. But he's 70-ish in terms of gray. My, hey, he looks good. He, You know, not everybody can rock the silver fox mantle. It's it's a it's a heavy, it's a heavy type. Especially when you're in the mid-40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, right. he was like early 20s. So, He's an overachiever. An overachiever. That's the way it's going. <laughs> so, we, uh, as the loyal listeners, all five of you, I'm, I'm, I'm upping the number because our numbers are upping. So, all five loyal listeners are pretty aware that we uh, attended Waverly High School uh, in West Side mm-hmm. of Lansing, Michigan, and we were all uh, part of the music program at Waverly. But most notably, we all spent time as part of the marching band. And what I want to start with is something real simple. Tell me when you joined the marching band and what you played. And we'll start there real simple. And we'll start uh, We'll start with the newbie. Josh, uh, we'll have you start us off, if you would. Wow. So uh, let's see. We graduated in 94, right? Right. So I guess Both 19, was it? Yeah. 89, 90 year. Was that our first year in high school? Uh, uh, 1991. 1991. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I was in marching band, I think right away when we got to high school or maybe, maybe they kind of talked to us the summer before mm-hmm. or at the end of our eighth grade year. I kind of remember standing in a line outside. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the, yeah. they kind of introduced us to it and, and talked to us a little bit out there. Um, so I played tenor saxophone in the marching band all four years of, of high school. Awesome. I do remember that. I do remember end of eighth grade year auditioning because at the time the bands were big enough that there were two bands. But yeah, but they took did they take both bands at that time and make them the marching band? I don't think we did at that time. No, I don't no, think we combined it till later. So anyway, yeah, it was con- it was concert and symphony band. So right, right, right. It was we were when we came into it. It was a pretty big band. So the symphonic band was pretty large it was obviously large enough to support a marching band for the first year so cool thank you uh lance um i don't think i joined until 
that was definitely in band, you know, in, in the beginning of high school, actually in you know middle school. But I don't think I joined the marching band until my sophomore or junior year. I think I was only in it for one or two years. So, did you make both Florida trips or just the one? No, I made both. So it would have been sophomore year. Yeah, because we went sophomore and senior, right? Yep. 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 Very cool. Uh, and what did you play? I uh, played trumpet. Awesome. Mr. Uh, Moody. Yeah, I actually, because I'm just uh, the year after you guys, I only started it in, uh, it would have been your senior year, my junior year. And the reason was because um, you guys needed a bass player for the jazz band yeah. down in Florida. And that was like the only reason that uh, Mr. Bush approached me on it. And then um, he kind of suckered me into doing marching band the back end of my junior, your senior year. And then I did it all senior year as well. Mm -hmm. So I only really did it for about a year and a half. Yeah, because you played bass drum, didn't you? Sure did. Yeah. I remember that. I remember some of the pictures. That's that's what makes me laugh the most. I've got bits and pieces of this. I'm I'm trying to remember all of that. Oh my gosh. Like I thought we went to Florida once. So I guess are those I gotta open these file cabinets in my head. This well, is as just far as I'm concerned, we did. <laughs> that's what that's, that's what's cool about these episodes, uh Josh. You'll get you'll get that. It's like you'll I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday middle. Oh my god, yes, I remember that. Yeah, right, right. Tuesday in the middle of the night, you'll end up on their Twitter feed and going, "Oh crap! I remember the thing I wasn't supposed to remember." <laughs> yeah, I wasn't supposed. <laughs> it's intentionally repressed. That's the reason. Uh, so, right. So yeah, like like Josh, I was one of, and I remember this very specifically, one of twelve of our class to make the symphonic band um, going into high school. Um, <laughs> it was the I played trombone. It was definitely. Big Fish, Little Pond, moving to Little Fish, Big Pond, because uh, for the first time in my life, I sat behind many a people uh, in my section. I was definitely not the section leader at the time. But the guys that were in front of me, there was, th it was three people in front of me. Uh, Matt Filipich was this, the lead. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal musician. Uh, Steve Murphy. Yes, thank you, Lance. Steve Murphy, a uh, good guy, total asshole. Uh, and uh, Courtney Babb was the other. He, 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 kicked, he kicked it in Detroit, though. Because <laughs> he had no choice. He had yeah. no choice. That's a separate episode. Totally separate. Yeah, episode. yeah. God damn it. Um, so, yeah. So that's how we all got into it. Um, so what I want to do uh, is just general memories of what we can remember Um and see where those stories lead. Like I know the the thing that hits me the most, uh, besides having a horrible, horrid football team to play for, um, like it was yeah. bad. We had we had a good freshman year. We had the one big win for homecoming. Um, well, I mean, not everyone can have a rebuilding decade. So I think it was a rebuilding existence. I mean, our freshman year was Musun Muhammad's senior yep. year. Yep, they, mm -hmm. they beat Carolina Panthers, Musin Muhammad. Yep. I mean, so we were okay that year. We were okay. It was only because him and his brother, Abby, was on that team too. Um, yeah. And yeah, he was the uh, he, he was the um, homecoming king. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. Along with my uh, my cousin, Mrs. Queen. Yep, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but I, the the memory that starts for me the most is uh, I believe we had practice every morning, right? So we'd get to school first thing even earlier, and we'd be out marching on a dew-filled football field. So we would be soaked and nasty going into first hour um, or second hour. I don't remember if band was a zero hour. Second. Second, because band, orchestra, and art were usually like first. I just remember Wednesday night rehearsals. I remember them more so as I got older. But I remember people that were significant parts of the band that got to come in late to those practices because they were associated with other activities. Numero uno uh, was any soccer player on the team. They used to be able to come in and miss like the first hour of the, for continuity's sake, repeated uh, activities of the marching practice. Um, but for, for some reason that just marching under those lights on Wednesday nights and never ending on time just burns into my brain um, I only remember a couple of the songs we played, but that one just sits there heavily. And then that's not even including band camp stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so Jason was trying to get into soccer, however he could figure it out. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was two people. It was Dan Tembris. And at the time, he would always show up with uh, Angel Vargas. Do you remember Angel Vargas? He was a, an exchange student, played for the whatever junior national team in his country, and it was the year our soccer men's team went to, like, the state semis? Wow. Or state finals. No, I, I don't have any recollection of that. Yeah, just he would come back to practice talking mm. smack, and we're all dying, and he's all, like, freshly showered, and whatever. It was it was a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> um, that's but I digress. It's a very vivid memory for me. Uh, do you guys have any, like, absolute, like, you think marching man, this is what comes to mind? You know, my I, biggest, what I my think biggest is, is, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sure. Um, what I think was just so incredible is the camaraderie it built between the people that you were in, you know, were in your section with you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you immediately had uh, a group of folks throughout all four grades that you knew probably better than you would have known if you didn't go through something like this. So immediately, like what comes to mind for me is Josh rock, right? He was two grades ahead of me. When I come in as a freshman, he's a junior. He's already kind of moved through, you know, two, three years of his high school career. Right. And uh, we were pretty inseparable for a while. He played sax too. I think he played alto sax and then he played Barry sax as well. And, and that connection allowed me to build confidence in other things I was doing throughout the school. Julie Jacobs, who's now Julie Vandenboom, she mm-hmm. was already plugged well into the program, but, you know, for those folks that were playing similar instruments to her, you know, they had that connection going. So, And that happened after, you know, once those folks were gone and we moved up through the grades, the next kids coming in had that connection with us as well, right? And so that continues all the time, right? And I just think that's fantastic that you see that kind of, uh, connection through the school. And I think it helped everybody's relationships at school. So that's actually an interesting point, Josh. And I want to see if I can touch on this. And this is where I'm going to break the cardinal rule of going outside the topic. God, we've never done that oh. before, right? All right. Um, would you say for any other activity that you were a part of, 
that was uh, larger than standard academic stuff. So for three of us in this group, it was stuff like OM. For some of us in this group, it was other athletic teams. Was there any other group that you were a part of that had that same sort of connectiveness? Like you just, even if you didn't stay the best of friends with those people, there was still like a mutual respect and a nod and a wink kind of thing. And if so, what other group was like that? And what do you think made it that way? Um, it was it the time spent because we spent a lot of time together. Was it the shared interest? Where, where do you guys stand on something like that? So, I mean, Odyssey of the Mind, Olympics of the Mind, definitely. And I think probably going into high school, some of the same people were in those groups as well. Um, yeah. uh, the mu musicals, the choirs, I think they all had the same kind of thing as well, right? They saw the same people every day. They might be split up into uh, different singing groups to, to practice. I know that choir was tight, right? So all yeah, those folks that were singing, they orchestra too, John, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of the same kind of vibe, especially once um, marching band was over and then it turned into symphonic um, orchestra. Yeah. So it'd be half of you guys would yeah. do it. Mrs. O'Brien was running right. that for a while. Yeah, because I, I also think that the, especially with the, the creative arts there um, at Waverly, I think the creative or the fine arts, I guess, is what I would call it, was a pretty strong program. I mean, we, with the, I mean, the, the band was well known throughout the state. The, 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 the choirs were well known. The orchestra was obviously well known. The, the theater programs were, were up and coming. So I think the fine arts, you know, programs throughout that, you know, throughout our four years there in high school really helped us, you know, especially, you know, the four of us, I mean, we're all part of that creative group, but then, you know, cause, um, I mean, we had people that were part of the sports, you know, the sporting groups and whatnot too. But I think right. with, with that commonality of all, you know, being, being a part of those, those clubs and those teams that were, um, on the creative side of the, the, the fine arts, I think really, really helped, you know, cause like Josh said a few minutes ago, when you see those people and you've got that, that commonality and that, you know, that shared interest and that shared experience that, you know, can really, you know, regardless of what, what age group you were in or what, um, not age group, but, uh, what, um, what year you were in. It, yeah. it really brought that same, you know, that same connective tissue to, you know, that whole, that whole prod, you know, prospect and you know, that whole, um, you know, experience. So. Right. Definitely. John, how was that in orchestra? So, yeah, so uh, it was mentioned symphonic orchestra coming over. I don't know. Do we do it like twice right. a week? Something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Cause we I think it was usually one until, you know, concerts showed up. Then it was a little bit more. Right. But um, no, I mean, it was that same commonality thing because especially like marching band or like Lance said any of the creative stuff um that seemed to be there was much more of a wide variety of people from different walks of life on there like you know you in in marching band too because I remember even senior year us having a couple of guys that would you know run um from the football um locker room to throw on their uniform so they could march at halftime, then go back and play the third and fourth quarter. Right. Eric Gunn. Yeah. Some dedicated people. Um, right. So you'd have a lot of people like that that really would be, 
much more um, varied that you wouldn't normally, if it wasn't for like a creative thing like orchestra or marching band, you probably wouldn't talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because they were in such a different world when you were yeah. out of um, out of that class. Yeah. They took a different path through high school and they had a, right. you know, other interests. Yep. I mean, because that happened even amongst us so uh oh, right not in the know i mean josh and i were largely inseparable elementary school most of middle school and then found different paths as we went through high school never uh right outright not friends but we had different core groups right yeah um, with that did you have a a a definitive group of music friends that once you left that hallway or left that classroom, that interaction was non-existent in the regular high school world? Or would you say that those relationships were solid across those barriers? I'd say it was across. I mean, you always have that core group of friends that you have. I mean, as it turns, you know, for me, like it was like Lee Jones and Corey Mike, we would always hang out. And it wasn't just regulated to first hour getting kicked out so we could play spades in the hallway. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was definitely, um, yeah, it was that, or it'd be even like hanging out with Kevin Bonner, who I would only see in marching band. But then he'd hang out later because he was, you know, like Josh said, he was doing his other interests and things after that. And, what was Kevin Bonner's other interests? Um, I don't know. They were his other interests. Was, they were not mine. Like he was in, uh, I think he was in karate. He yes. was in Taekwondo. No, yep. that was... I think I saw him at Taekwondo, but I can't remember the timing. I might have been done by high school. Wasn't his that dad made Kevin? a wicked barbecue sauce. I remember that. There was another Kevin when we were juniors or seniors. Um that was into Taekwondo, I believe. I don't know if it was Bonner or not. Uh, and, and the memory I have of him is Lance. You got to help me remember who this was because it was at Central that we had all that fun. And with Ann Lee Jones was there. What was his name? Kevin. Uh, see, this is gonna be one of those names. I don't have it. I have a slice idea what you're talking about. Uh, You'll remember it like 3 a.m. or something. It, it was a lot of fun. About it was so much fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In about right. 10 seconds, I'm going to get the yearbook. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, my gosh. So, he's, a senior, he's a senior with us? No, no. He was definitely A couple younger. years younger. Definitely okay. younger. Uh, younger than Moody. Uh, I, th I would say sophomore. I don't think freshman. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to find it. Yeah, I'm decisive. Um. Yep. Yep. My uh, my uh, my group of friends that were real tight were, I guess, kind of a mix of um, band and. I mean, Brian Moore was he and I were pretty tight for mm. most of our high school years, and mm -hmm. he wasn't he was in orchestra, I think. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we were pretty tight, but you know, we also had Sally Goff and Shelley Ellis and. Um, Kate Abramson. Katie Abramson, um, Stacy Manapace and stuff. I didn't, I didn't catch up with Katie, okay. Katie or um, Stacy so much, but okay. um, you know, I had a, I had a group of folks that were kind of a mix of, I guess, band and orchestra, but also, I don't know, it's who you had classes with too, right? I mean, 
Right. Marcus Lepratt, I didn't really have any uh, musical connection with him, but um, we had a lot of classes together, and he was a friend from, from all the way back, you know, just like Jason. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's interesting that you asked that question because it's I think I think high school and that's that's one thing I don't really think high school did very well um, for, but is because because you don't you had different types of groups of friends and groups of people you associate with, but when you're in the when you're in the world real world and you know you you're working and you know going to school or whatever, you've got you have the same people that you see day in and day out. You, you don't have that. You don't have like, okay, I've got that musical thing. I've got this, you know, I've got this, um, you know, choir thing. I've got this arts thing. You, you got, you don't have different groups of people that you associate with on a daily basis. And so after that four years, I mean, that, that, that feeling of having these different pods of people that you have in your life completely just go away. And then now yeah. you're, now you've got, you're, you're in the real world, so you're dealing with the same people day in and day out, which is, I mean, I think is a, is a good thing too. But you know, high school didn't really teach you how to how to deal with that those those groups of people like that, and to keep those groups of people that you'll see every day, like you will when you when you're in the real world. And, it's a different um, dynamic. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's so special about. I mean, especially about you know, Jason, John, you know, Tucker, you know, Matt, and um, and borough is I mean, we've we've remained really close i mean throughout these all all of our adult years and it's um you know it's really a testament to the, how that how that dynamic really you know made an impact on our lives back then and it continues to to this day so that's amazing that you guys all keep up that's awesome yeah and it and it's and it's ebbed and flowed we'll be real honest uh, oh, then, yeah. Yeah. uh well for for example borough we are all still good friends with Burrow. Probably haven't talked to him collectively in two, three years. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, no, he's, more, the, he, he's yeah. more the person you get the um, the, Christmas the, the Christmas card from, which yeah. is it's, it's a very thoughtful card, and I look forward to reading the uh, his his yearly write up and dissertation. Dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a dissertation because it's only one page and it's single spaced. Well, guess and, and not written by him. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. And, uh, and Conrad, that's how, you know, you can read it. Conrad, once he entered fatherhood, realized that that yeah. took some time, right. Um, that's actually, it's a really good point, Lance. And I think that really was solidified to me when I've seen your social media posts over the last couple months with the fact that in high school with band and stuff, all these groups are self-contained. Right. Mm -hmm. You can go to the building and you know you've got your your band or music crew at the beginning, and then you got those couple of guys or girls you hang out with math class, and then everybody waits to go to Prailers class to find out who drank or smoked their lunch. I mean, I remember all those things. But when you're when you're in the real world or the adult world, as you said, you have to seek those things out, right? You don't mm -hmm. and we talked about this a few episodes ago. You naturally, if you have kids gravitate towards the parents of your kids friends because you're at the same events all the time but for someone like what no me disregard, Lance, uh, <laughs> without children has found awesome opportunities to engage with what seem like some really hip people right 
through mm-hmm. either through a new love of something with with running or uh, theater efforts that you made. So uh, no, I totally dig that. So, but there was some significant things with with marching band and stuff that we did, and I want to throw a couple things out, and I'm going to see who has any memories or stories about those. Um, we, we talked about the Rockathon a couple episodes ago. I have no idea how mm-hmm. that came up, but sh- stuff like this comes up all the time, Josh, just so you're aware. Um, yeah. The thing that got stuck in my brain because I came across Brian Annis somehow in social media was the making of the apple pies. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about that. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> That's not seeing, seeing Brian's picture and being at the worst adult store there is in the world of the Bed Bath and Beyond, and finding out one of those um, table-mounted apple peeler cores that I think I think Mr. Rauscher brought in to help us with. Uh, I saw that yeah. instantly. I was like, "Oh my god! I remember that entire existence." Uh, wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, how many hours were we doing that? We did it a it was full, five or six, I think. It was a full Saturday. My memory was how many hundreds of pies did we make? Uh, for those who don't oh, yeah. know, which none of you did, uh, we made and sold, pre-sold, homemade apple pies as a fundraiser for, at that time, was the Disney trip that we took our senior year. Um, right. And they were not baked. They were they were just pre-made. You could freeze them and just take them out and bake them. They were yep. freaking our, awesome. Our freezer at our house had dozens and dozens. dozens. Yeah, I, and ours did too. Uh, but for years, could, could kids get away with doing that today? Not, I don't think so. I don't. I think there'd be too much concern over like. And we have a food allergy in the house, but like cross contamination and kids just being disgusting and listeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too is like, because you can't say that you guys were that sanitary back then either. It's just, I think you you could get it done, maybe, but I think there, I think it's one of those there would be so many hoops to jump uh, jump through that probably the parents that would be in charge of that would just say no way. Just not even worth it. Don't even want to try it. Mainly committing a whole day to that too, right? I mean, that was. Uh... I mean, how many days have you committed to your kids already? So I don't think the time limits anything to sh- yeah. to shake it. I think it comes down to more of just so many considerations to take that it would just be. It just at the end of the day, it wouldn't be fun. And that was that's what it was really. Yeah, I didn't feel any stress. It was busy, but I don't. I mean, I just. <sighs> Yeah, I remember coming to grab some of them there when at the uh, at the high school when you guys were still doing it, and you all looked like you were having a great time. That's because we were probably doing stuff we weren't supposed to. That's, exactly. That's typically how it rolls, right? Could you imagine kids these days having to sit there for five, six hours? I mean, they're they're in a world where they can have everything right this second, right? And that's probably a whole other yeah. topic for a different day too. But. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like my kids, I've had them do volunteer work before and they just start, you know, they got to be going and doing something else. Like within, you know, an hour or so they've, what are we doing and where are we going next? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> Not really having a, the capability to start something and see it all the way through to the end. Right. Just <clears throat> Not getting a sense of what that means. Do I think I could do that now? Uh, 
I don't think I could. I, I don't <laughs> think I don't I don't know if I'd want to. Uh, oh, you could. You just have a flask with you. Right. <laughs> that, that's the way it would have to work. It'd have to be something really good too. Um, very good. Um, so I want to talk about the Florida trips. I really. Mm-hmm. Do. <laughs> um. I have I have subtle memories. I remember going to uh, a district marching competition out at Grand Ledge, and at that mm-hmm. night, uh, the Michigan State marching band showed up, which was like that was amazing. Loads of badassery. Uh, I remember going into band. Josh might remember this. We used to get extra credit from our middle school band teacher by bringing um, playbills from performances for extra credit that we went and saw. And for many years, uh, Josh and his mom and my mom and myself would go see the Spartan Spectacular uh, when they would hold it at Wharton, when it was just the drum line. Just the drum line. Cool. Um, And now they hold it, if they still hold it, I think it was held in the stadium because they would bring the entire band out and all that kind of stuff. So I have little memories like that. Um, But let's talk about, let's talk about Disney as as we're getting towards the end here because we've actually already been recording for a little while it's a thing right um did you actually hit the record button this time i did, I did. <laughs> I did for the first time that's happened if you haven't heard that episode, it's, it was the car episode if you get to the car episode josh it's uh, like a half hour of absolute recording gold that is forever gone um <laughs> Who wants to talk about the Disney trip? Anybody want to explain what it was? And and I mean, it, I can explain it a little bit. It was um, was it Magic Music Days yep. that every year? Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the criteria for it, but uh, Disney usually invited a number of high school marching bands to come down. Was it a? Was it was one weekend, wasn't it? No, it was a whole week of activities. A whole week. Um, to come down, march at Disney, and do some other stuff. Like we had a jazz band competition that that week yeah. too, yeah. and other things like that. And um, from what I remember, it's still going on because I've seen some of my um, friends that are now music educators. They were down a couple weeks back uh, for Magic Music Days. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean that was that was the thing, and it's. Obviously, there's they they invite a number of them, so there's I think it's a couple of weeks that they actually do it, and it's just based on location, I would as- assume. But um, anybody remember the name of the high school uh, that we did our performance at and our warm up stuff at? I mean, I can grab uh, my photo album. I remember it looked like it was made of clay. It was it was, but it was pristine, yeah. gorgeous, and new. But it was real all clay the, colors. All the lockers were all outside and. It was uh, all the classes were University High School in Northern Northern Orlando. Oh, and I had not thought of that name until uh, I was out to dinner with my oldest, and their men's basketball team was playing in the high school national championship. I'm like, why does that name of that school look so familiar? Oh wow, nice. Yeah, good for them. And there it is. There it is. So yeah. Um, Groups wishing to perform at Walt Disney World must send in a video audition and picture mm. with their application. All groups must purchase tickets through Disney, blah, blah, blah. They may perform in the parks or participate in a workshop. Groups that do not pass may not perform in the park. 
but may participate well, in the workshop. So they, you can give them money. You get a consolation prize of, of, yeah. of not doing stuff. You get, you get to watch a video of everybody that did play in this park. Yeah. You can't actually do it, but you can just come out and just kind of hang out like you did. If yeah. you look to your left, and, you could see. And still give us money. Yeah, still get the money. So, right. um, Josh, I'd love to get your perspective on. We so we did this twice for for Lance and I and Josh. We did this our sophomore years, uh, 1992, of which I have less memories mm -hmm. Same of here. It, um, for various reasons, which we will not get into on this podcast tonight. Um, mm. Shut up. Because um, <laughs> you're old. You didn't do anything. No, I, I, I did something. Um, <laughs> no. The senior no. year one, I remember for lots of reasons, one of which was meeting up with Tom Casey. Uh, oh, I got a story for the senior year one, though. Right, so and you know which one I'm talking about. I don't. That's what's most exciting yes, to me. Yes, you do. But uh, I will. Well, no, so sophomore year, I remember James Sipka uh, at the uh, uh, what's the name of the, the medieval medieval times. Dinner? Uh, medieval times. Right. I got yeah, called medieval that. times. Yep. So I would like to get, we'll start off with Josh, your perspective on this trip, because Josh was uh, one of our two drum majors for our senior year experience. Three, wasn't there? Uh, two. Weren't there three that year? Mm, I think there was three in previous years. There was only two. Okay. okay. No, no, no. Maybe it was. Was it you, Kevin, and Kristen Nittenberg? No, Kristen was older. She was gone. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. No, she was a yeah. junior when we were freshmen. Now, now I feel old. So anyway, I know, I know, um, right? This is what this is how it goes. So I'd love to kind of get what what you experienced with that from a, a a student leadership position of the. Did you have to do any extra prep? Was there any extra pressure? Or was it all just um, status quo for us going down in your in your opinion? Right. So again, this is a long, long time ago, but. Um, I remember we had to go to a special camp before marching band camp, which is a whole other thing to talk about. But um, Kevin and I, in the summer of 93, 94 year, we went up to Midland and we were there with all of the other student leadership from all the schools around the regional area of Michigan and spent, I think, three or four days just trying to learn what it takes to be a leader. You had to do all of the drills that you were going to then go and share with the, with your squads back at the schools. So um, we went through that. Um, I found that to be really, really, um, it, it was interesting. It was helpful from a leadership perspective, but I didn't enjoy it because there were people there that had been there. They see each other every summer. And right. Kevin and I kind of got, I felt like we got split up a little bit. And, um, and had Kevin been the, Kevin Pease, was he, was he the drum, was he a drum leader before? I don't, drum major the year before? I don't, I, I thought he was, because I thought it was him and him and Dan. I thought, yeah, um, Dan senior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so he had a year under Kevin and you. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going through like beginner course stuff when I was up there. He had been there, so he was doing some other things. So he's off. Um, I can talk to anybody these days, but back then I wasn't ready to just be in a group of people that all were like a club and then I'm this outsider. I felt just very odd about that. But I learned enough that I thought I could come back and, and share with, with the 
um, with the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, having Kevin there to lean on was certainly helpful day to day. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was it was an amazing thing to do. Um, there were good days and bad days. You know, it it changed the dynamic between me and some of the guys in the band, like me and Dan Jacobs, uh, myself and Marwan Nashef a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. You know, now now we're we we were peers, and now I'm supposed to lead. Um, right. And and I'm trying to get a job accomplished each morning and sometimes they're, you know, goofing around or whatever. And, uh, I probably took it a little far and, and, you know, sometimes they probably thought it went to my head, but we were trying to accomplish something and I wanted to do that. Um, as far as the Florida trip is concerned with that, I, uh, you know, I, I walking through the gates from behind the scenes at Disney out into the park, whether you were playing an instrument or you were leading the band, I remember Waverly started. We were in the front, weren't we? Yep. We were one of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Parade. So we got to go out there first as a group and lead the whole parade. I mean, what a rush is that, you know? Yeah. And so uh, uh, it was just an amazing experience. But any other details? I mean, I remember getting up at four in the morning or something and getting on that bus at Waverly High School. <laughs> um, and the bus ride took forever. Yep. Right. You know? Right. I remember Lance right. loading that bus. And I remember yep. waking up after 26 hours of smelly hell on that bus and going to oh. Wild, was it? We went right to the water park. Yes. Yeah, we did. Now I know how well that was planned because Jesus H. Christ did that smell. Right. And yeah, we... uh I remember, I remember, you know, like, like you said, loading the bus up, but then you know, I also remember playing Euchre for about uh, 14 yeah. and a half hours straight. <laughs> How many different card games could you figure out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many times could you play all the yeah. games you'd play in the cars with your family, you know, with, with the whole yeah. mess of people? I, spy. <laughs> I, remember I know my mom went on the trip. Um, the yep. Oh, God, mm-hmm. that's right. So I had that whole hinge as well, you know. My mom's always around. <laughs> Wasn't that the year? Was it our senior year? Because my parents went. Wasn't yeah. that the year that a bunch of them got robbed in their in their hotel rooms? Like they figured out like some of the staff had been rummaging through people's bags and getting like wads of cash that people had stashed away. I remember that. Oh. Oh right. Recollection. That sucked. Yep. Um, what what hotel was that? So we can avoid that in the future. Oh, if I could remember the chain, I'd probably be disappointed because it's probably the same chain I use for work now. <laughs> Shit, that would not be good. Uh, if, man, if I could figure out the hotel, I win. I win this whole thing if it was a competition. Um, <laughs> points. Points. Um, nice Chris Hardwick uh, reference there. Um, Love him. So... I'm a little concerned at your story that you're going to tell, John. Should I be a little or a lot concerned? Oh, come on. Again, we didn't do anything. I know, but... It was like, it's like being in my basement. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Uh, what's the story, John? Give it to us. Well, this is, this is the one that... I, I don't remember when going down, but obviously it was at some point where we had been in, on the bus for many, many hours, and so people were starting to nod off. And Lance, just being Lance, fell asleep oh, yeah. in in the aisle. 
in the aisle on this thing. I supposedly fall asleep. Claiming he was faking it, which is bullshit. Exactly. Dude, yeah, I mean, you say that all you want, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Why would you okay. just lay down like there and then just take it? That that no. So then Brian asked. Because of what what happened next? That's why. No, you wouldn't do that. No, no so, one would. Do, uh, not even. No, John, you're not. Brian, you are not that sociopath. Anyway, finish, finish your story. What did Brian you know? do, John? <laughs> yeah. So Brian had like this, uh, like liquid chocolate crap that he just starts outlining his mouth with, and just kind of filling in. So it's my mouth. Lance, what? Lance's yeah, mouth. Lance's mouth. <laughs> As he's laying down, oh, God, not sleeping because he wouldn't do that. He's just sitting there laying down. Um, so Lance gets up, everyone has a good joke, and Lance just says, just remember, paybacks are a bitch. And, I, and no one thinks about anything. Yeah. And it's like the next... Until. <laughs> until we get, like, I think it was like a day or two after, because we went to the um, the water park, like you're saying, then we did some other stuff, and we finally got into the hotel, and um, it was me, Lance, Jason, and Brian staying in the hotel. And once again, be, because you're, you're high school kids, and it's just one of those, like, <laughs> Are we going to share a bed? And everyone's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so Brian has one of the beds. Jason has the other. Lance, again, sleeps on the floor. I take the chair. Yep. <laughs> and so I the alarm it. wakes up the next day for whatever time we have to get up. And Brian's the first one in. And he wakes up. He goes into the bathroom. And I remember him coming out saying, all right, who's the smart ass to put the toothpaste in my ear? And Lance, just, you just see his little head pop up from between the bed. <laughs> Just this little head. And he'd just be like, paybacks are a bitch, Brian. Then he goes right back to bed. And Jason and I look at each other and lose it. I just should... It was the most glorious thing ever. He came out of that bathroom, boom, all the lights on. All right, who's the smart ass who put toothpaste in my ear? And that's oh. not the first statement you're thinking of in the morning. It was, oh, God. Oh, God, I remember that. That was so good. I, I don't recall any of the any of that on the bus, but maybe I was in a different location. Did, were there two buses? Two buses. Yeah, there were two buses. <clears throat> I wonder if I was on the other bus. Yeah, there was a lot of stupid stuff on the bus. That was definitely one of them. We ate it consumed a hell of a lot of uh bubble tape. A bubble tape. We were taking <laughs> big league chew. Big league chew. We were taking the juice boxes. Uh, because we were drinking juice boxes, uh, and and people <laughs> whatever do, and they'd rip the top open, so it was like a little container, and then we were just filling it with chewed gum, and it was like this mound of death of chewed. It was horror. It was gross. The, this is what we did to pass the time. So uh, that stuck in one spot for that long. Well, Payback some bitch, Brian. It wasn't as cool as uh, if you guys remember, Josh, were you on the bus with Mr. Bush or were you on the other bus? Because uh, when we were riding down around 1130 at night, midnight, he said he gets up and he says something like the lines of uh, the freshmen and sophomores all asleep. All right, we're putting in Red Dawn. So we pulled Red up. Dawn. <laughs> and we're all just kind of like, OK, guess we're watching Red Dawn now. <laughs> and he's just sitting back in his seat just. Buses rolling through like Atlanta at the time, and we're watching Red Dawn at like in the middle of the night on the bus trip. It was great. That's a stellar movie. It's the original. Great movie. The original. Oh god. <clears throat> Minty fresh earlobes. It was awesome. <laughs> 
So no, it wasn't earlobes. It was ear canal. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> it was in his ear. It wasn't on his ear. It was I don't in know it. How he ever got that out? <laughs> there aren't enough Q-tips in the world. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, it, it a, definitely a lot more. Yeah, definitely a lot more difficult than chocolate around my mouth. So <laughs> hilarious, though. Hilarious. Um. <clears throat> so. The thing about Disney for us was with the marching band was we went down, we we marched at a competition which was akin to like a district competition at that high school. The jazz band also played, of which all of us were in the jazz band. Um, and we played that and then we went and marched mm-hmm. at Disney World and we had the opportunity to, I think we were at Magic Kingdom. Did we go to any other park? I That's a perform. Well, no, because no, we had the next day that you could go to either um, MGM Studios or MGM. When did but we, we didn't. When did we meet up with, with Tom when we went over to uh, Ron John's Surf Shop and thought it was hilarious to buy discs of sex wax for your boards, which none of us owned? Uh, which I've actually <laughs> been to that. I've been to the corporate headquarters of sex wax. It's like right next to one of my in, uh, endorsing companies out in Carpinteria. Oh, really? California. Yeah. It's one of those we walked next door. I was like, hey, my my inner high schooler is just like dying right now. <laughs> what was I, the name I'm of pretty the... sure. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm pretty sure we did Ron John and the... Medieval um, Times. All that stuff on the way out of town. Like we would have caught Casey at the beach maybe like I on our way. I want to say it was the other way. It was like as, as soon as we got there, I thought. Huh. Did we do? I want to say it was like middle of the week, though, because it was, <laughs> you know, obviously so we're we all got this figured out. <laughs> we, we, guaranteed, yeah. we saw Tom every day. We were at the beach every day. <laughs> <laughs> did, we, did we do medieval times the senior year trip? Yep. Shit, man, are we boring? They must have really had this I, thing programmed. Of course yeah, they I, do. I'm sure. I'm sure Disney has this thing down. It's like if you get in, here's your schedule. This is what yeah. you should do. Right. You know, as in should, being like, we're not going to tell you how to do it, but really, if you actually want to do this, this is your schedule. This is what you're yeah. going to do, right? Right. Oh, man. Now I kind of want to go back and do that. <laughs> I really kind of want to do that. Final thoughts on the on the Disney trip, knowing the things that we got to do, right? We got to be behind <clears> the scenes, like Josh was talking about coming out of the gates, uh, various parents, I won't say who, mine got in trouble for taking pictures after being explicitly told not to. Um, and yet she had a ton of pictures still she, afterwards. She was like, here's these. I'm like, look, somebody's walking around holding up their big cartoon head. Yeah. This is not <laughs> what you're supposed to be seeing. Right, right. Since that was probably the cherry on the Sunday of the experience of Marching Man, like we came back. I mean, we did other things on the marching band. We marched in the Detroit Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, I tell that story to this day. Do you? Every <clears> time <throat> it's Thanksgiving, I'm like, I remember holding a metal instrument in the rain while the wind was blowing and how joyous yeah. that was. <laughs> Five or seven miles of continuous marching down Woodward Avenue. Still pretty cool to be in something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. Um, is there any oh. other memory that randomly pops up in your day um obviously not every day because none of us were that in my day like (laughs) 
Because <laughs> none of us peaked in high school. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. I, I'm sure I peaked in high school. And it, was a, it was a miserable, miserable peak. Um, <laughs> is there a – so Josh talked about camaraderie, bridging the gap between people of different age groups and, and, and things like that. Lance talked about having the environment where people are going to naturally be able to connect with those people because you're in that, you know, that pressure cooker of high school at the time. And John, you talked about like ownership over that, those friendships that were pretty specific to that time and to that group. Um, what would you say individually is your biggest takeaway from your time spent specifically <clears throat> with with that marching band um and i'll whoever wants to elect to go first i want to go i'll go last on this one um what is it what's your number one takeaway about about marching band could be serious could be funny you call it you name it i i'll i'll start and I, something that i i still take to this day is being a um a skill i think that i learned you know with being in band and you know marching band specifically is <clears throat> dealing with the diverse type of types of people um i think you know to this day i think it's really helped me in the way that i deal with different teams in my work and the different teams of my theater stuff that i still do the different people that i, I run with the different other organizations that i'm a part of and it's helped me and it you know josh i think touched on it is it's helped me to really become a better communicator and a better <clears throat> you know a, a more confident communicator like i can i can talk to people that i wouldn't normally have talked to before and i think that those those skills are is something that i've i, I may have learned in, in different in different organizations and stuff growing up but I think in, in band, it really, <clears throat> I mean, because you spend so much time with these people and you spend so much time with, um, <clears throat> you know, getting to getting to know these people, but the, then you're, you're experiencing something together. And that was really the first time that in, in my life that I had experienced something similar with so many different types of people on a regular basis. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and so I think that those I think that those skills that of how to deal with those people and how to I mean, granted, I didn't get along with every one of them, but I mean, with with the leadership of the uh, you know with, with Josh and and Kevin and um, Dave and you know I think really helped to um, and then even even our individual um, group leaders or um, section leaders. Um, I mean, I was never I was never a section leader, but it was it was something that you just those skills that you learn how on how to deal with different people and and communicate with those different people is something that I, I still use to this day and I think you know, I think the band had a really big uh, impact on on my ability to learn those skills so <clears throat> you know I don't know if you guys realize this or not but not everybody follows a musical path through their school I. I didn't really Lies. ever think about that. Lies. <laughs> so, so there are people that never got the exposure to music, and music is just such an important thing to learn. I think it helps people um, expand their horizons, first of all, but it also allows them to, I don't know, I think it helps you develop another part of your brain. You know, there's the audio piece, and then 
if you're having to learn music and read music, it's another language, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a language the way that people think of a language, but it is. And so if you have the the privilege to to have the 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 background the the mu the musical background as etched in, into your DNA, you know, after you leave high school, if you had it throughout your 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 schoolings, then that stays with you, you know. And and I don't know how many people I've talked to in the last twenty years that are like, man, I wish I had been in music. And when I listen to a song these days, because of what we've done, all of us, mm-hmm. I can tell whether that song is garbage or if it's you know actual musical um perfection right um and not everybody can do that right and it's just it's just fun to be able to split that all apart and and uh, understand it at a different level and i think it's helped me um in in ways i probably don't even understand cool totally get that absolutely Uh, resident musician John Moody. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the biggest things I, I took away from that, because it, it was the building blocks probably for my career, um, you know, I would say is twofold. It's, it's one, when you're in a large group like that, it is so vital to realize your role that you that you play and to, you know, to notice that what you do affects your section what how that section performs affects the entire group as a whole and it's um especially with now in um you know in in my regular day job and and in other day jobs too it's like realizing your role um a lot of people you know will always think of something like that as thinking you're settling but it's more of like if you know exactly what you do but know how important that is <clears throat> To the the people above you and below you, it gives you a much bigger purpose for the company as a whole. And also, um, the biggest one too, especially for something. Um, and this is where the biggest. I always had arguments with my sister, who is um, who is very sports oriented in school, saying that you know sports and and music were the same. And this is where I don't <clears throat> think they are, is because you know, like um, when the marching band goes out and performs like you know a halftime show the thing's already predestined everything's going to get done you know in this certain order if something doesn't happen correctly if one person's out of step it doesn't matter everything still has to keep moving forward and you've just got you've got to think much more quickly on your toes that way whereas um you know, not not to say anything about sports in general, because there are so many things people learn in that way as well. But it's not like that. Like when your job is to go out there, you know, to perform as a team and win. If some of your plays you're doing isn't working, you can sit back and be like, OK, this isn't working. How can we go around this? How how can we do something else to approach this in a different way? We don't have that chance when you're playing any thing of music like especially if you're doing a symphonic piece or something uh no it the roadmap's there you know if you screwed up something here that's fine you can't think about it you've just got to trudge through it take notes but you have to keep going and then you figure it out later afterwards that you can then take a breath and say okay what worked what didn't how do i make it better the next time we do this you don't have that option of doing that at in real time 
Mm-hmm. You've just got to you've just got to barrel through it, kind of thing. And it's the same with marching band drills. You know, one person's off. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if they're off or not. They better get on. They better get on now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well said. Well said. The way I look at it is, uh, you know, I my oldest tried band for a year. Uh, it wasn't for him. And in my mind, I'm like, as soon as he said no, all the potential opportunities he had for that path, as you were saying, Josh, are, are now mm-hmm. gone, right? <clears throat> so what I think about, aside from that, is when we practiced and rehearsed and studied and practiced and rehearsed and studied over and over and over, I would venture to say that at some point during all those practice sessions or all those warm-up sessions, we had our best performance. It was probably never at a competition. It was probably never live at a football game, and it certainly wasn't down in Orlando. But just the the act of going through that five, six, seven hundred thousand times together where everything just kind of clicked. And probably at the time, we didn't know or have the wherewithal to look over and say, hey, trumpets, nice job. Like, that was it. That sounded right. Everybody was in step. Or, holy crap, we, we actually made an eight count in eight count or whatever it happened to be. So that the uh, it's not the destination, it's the journey bullshit with work type right. of things is exactly that. Practicing the craft, working on the craft, experiencing the growth that happens through those sorts of things, i.e. this kind of podcast, right? The fact that we get it done is not the thing. The fact that we're doing it and experiencing it to me, I love this. I don't care if anybody ever listens to this. I think this is a a fun activity that endears us to a a time and, and keeps memories fresh. Whereas like with Marching Man, it endeared us to that experience. Majority of my friends, I mean, out of all of our friends, Two weren't in music for our our core group. Uh, sorry, Josh, not including you on this one. Uh, uh, um, uh, Burrow, Tucker, and Burrow, and Tucker were not yep. anywhere near Andrews. The Andrews. See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get the Andrews. So, gentlemen, we're at that time where I'm like, holy crap! Some of us have got to get up in the morning for a job, and that actually includes everybody on this. So, everybody. <laughs> I want to say uh, a thank you, as always, to John and Lance for, for being a part of this crazy circus that we're calling a podcast, and, and a special thanks for to Josh for taking time out of his Sunday night away from his family to reminisce with us, and hopefully you had Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. And if you had enough fun, maybe we'll find another opportunity for you to come back or pitch an idea. So I uh, hope your experience was awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the pizza rolls. They um, <laughs> hot, hot in the center, cold on the edges. I don't know how that works. Usually it's the inverse. So uh, I mean, that's kind of how it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be like you, you can take, you can hold it. And you're like, it's not too bad. Then you, you know, bite. Into bite it. Then <laughs> suddenly, you know, just the entire hordes of Mordor are just like down your throat. And you got nothing to do. Is that what they call liquid death, or is that some sort of hot sauce that we're now infringing upon? Yeah, Dave. It's probably, a, it's probably a hot sauce of it somewhere. <laughs> Dave's Insanity, the uh, Chipotle flavor, John. So that, yeah. that also is the night of meeting my future wife. We won't go there either. <laughs> so uh, on behalf of the gentleman, I want to say thanks. thanks future wife or your current wife? At the time, it was my future wife. Okay. At the time, <laughs> okay. <it was> my <laughs>
I think there's a couple more <laughs> a couple more people that are going to be listening to the podcast now. Yeah. Um, I I kind of told people I was going to do this tonight. So hi to Jason nice. Free. He's a throwback from Waverly. Oh, well, and, yeah. We were good friends with Liz, so we uh, we stepped it down a little bit in age. So. She just got married yesterday. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Liz. I actually saw her down in Tulsa when I was down for work a few years ago. That was the most She's random. Still there. Yeah. Yep. Jenks, yeah. Oklahoma. So. My thanks to you guys. We will catch everyone on the next episode of 40-ish. Have a great time.